I'm Anwar. And I'm Fairlith. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Discast. Good afternoon, early evening, Anwar. Hello, hi, hello. Hello. I don't hi. know why I always say what time of day it is. It's not like anyone <laughs> listening can know, but it's for it's it's for your immersion. <laughs> your immersion. Your immersion. How how are you? How are you, how are you feeling about today's episode? I'm good. Uh, yeah, I actually I enjoyed it. Or I I mean yes. My brain is going so many different places. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sort of sums it up. Like, we're talking yeah. about Lady and the Tramp 2 today. Scam- yeah, Scamp's Adventure. Scamp's Adventure. I was Googling it to try and find the Wikipedia, and I accidentally wrote in Scamp's Revenge. <laughs> Some fun stuff. Um, but That's we'll get funny. to that. Because um, I also have my mind goes in every which way thinking about Lady and the Tramp 2, Scamp's Adventure. Indeed. So let's start with Disney News. All right, Disney News. So, uh, let's see... What have you got? What do we got? Um, honestly, all my Disney news this week is complaining about Disneyland's websites. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what, a, have okay. you got anything that's more positive? Um, apparently, well, I mean, like, I don't know. Uh, apparently, uh, Disney World is imposing a two-item limit per guest for their 50th anniversary merchandise. Oh. Yeah. Which I think well, is funny because I get I guess that means that people are just like wanting all the things. Well, from what I gather about new merchandise releases at any Disney park is scalpers mm. scoop them up. It used to be AP holders that were scalpers and they sell them on eBay. Ugh, gross. I know. Don't do that. Just on principle, I just think scalpers are terrible people. I agree with you. Yeah. Well, then in that case, then yeah, I'm like super, yeah, this makes sense to me then. Yeah, but like also kind of a bummer for bummer for people who want a whole bunch of 50th anniversary merch, I guess. Yeah, but at the same time, this stuff probably costs like a million dollars. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's totally. like cool. So instead of spending five billion dollars, I'm only spending three. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> three of billion course, dollars. Yeah, exactly. Of course, I'm exactly. exaggerating because you know. Well, I mean, if you had three billion dollars to spend, you'd be in space with the rest of the billionaires. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> um, also, I just discovered this video, but apparently Fozzie Bear got a lesson in comedy at the Disneyland Resort. Oh, cute. Did he? I love Fozzie Bear. Uh, he. It's a cute little video of Fozzie with, like, uh, the, with one of the uh, Jungle Cruise skippers. So I imagine they're oh. like... Yeah. So that, that's, that just... Anything with the Muppets just makes me happy because the Muppets are just pure... Mm-hmm. The Muppets are pure happiness. Oh, that reminds me. Do we know the release date of Muppets Haunted Mansion? I don't know the release date, but I know that they're they've started talk. It's they've started talking about it again because mm-hmm. I saw an, I saw an image of uh, Kermit and Miss Piggy in like some costumes. Mm-hmm. So I saw that too. So yeah, so I, it's slowly they're talking about it again. But I think I I expect it probably won't happen until probably about mid October. I think you're probably right. That's I that's that's uh, my guesstimation. Yeah, I can't find an official release date here, which is very weird. It has not yet been announced. Goodness gracious. I mean, it's it's still August. I don't expect they're going to be announcing it, like, probably not for a while. 
Well, how am I supposed to plan my Muppet-themed spooky party? <laughs> Tell me that, Anwar. I mean, you already know it's with the Muppets, so, like, just go from there, I guess. You're right. A Muppet-themed spooky party doesn't need an occasion anyway. I can have a Muppet-themed sp- spooky party at any time. Exactly. I mm-hmm. mean, like, just, yeah. Yeah, the, okay. M- Muppet-themed party is just all around just a great idea. I yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay, you heard it here first. Let's put a pin in it. Um, <laughs> so, okay, here's here's the thing. I'm going to Disneyland Resort, theoretically, pending safety, um... Like, it's all paid for and everything, but, like, depending on the Delta variant of the coronavirus, COVID-19. Yes, COVID- yes, yes. Um, and so I've been trying to make dining reservations for the first time. And can I just say, Bob Chapek, can I, how, how vulgar can I be? Mm. He can suck my dick because I, mm, I'm having the worst time, the worst time. Normally, Disneyland reservations, for those of you not in the know, are released exactly 60 days out from your trip at 3 a.m. Pacific time, which is a bunch of garbage, frankly. I'm too old to stay up till 3 in the morning trying to get dining reservations, but I did. And then it turns out they've randomized when they're dropping dining reservations because of COVID-19 because there's more demand and less supply for tables, but I don't think that makes any sense. Why would you just randomize the drops? What does that do other than make everyone have to do this like crazy checking the app all day and stuff? Like on Reddit, people are checking the app hourly to try and see if things are dropping. And then um, they were releasing a bunch of dining reservations on one day. Um, They didn't say when on uh, August 11th. It would have been yesterday. But, like, time has no meaning to me now after I went through all this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I stayed up till 3 a.m. because they were releasing a ton of the different character dining. They were releasing um, uh, Oogie Boogie dessert party. Bunch of stuff that's really special. Stayed up till 3 a.m. No luck. Uh, Mice Chat said, check again at 6 a.m. So I went back to sleep for three hours, got up at 6 a.m., and was put into a virtual queue in which I stayed for two hours. Now, keep in mind now, I've had no sleep. I am tired as hell. I'm in this queue, virtual queue for two hours at... Uh, so 5.55, I, I wake up, get on the virtual queue. 8.07, it kicks me out. Kicks oh me out of the virtual queue. And I'm so tired. I'm just like, I don't even feel anything. I'm just like, oh my god. Um, there's nothing to be done about it. Something weird happened with the Disney website. And some people were getting the new reservations and stuff pop up for them. And some people, myself included, were getting the old version of reservations, like from yesterday, that doesn't include the Plaza Inn character breakfast. It doesn't include the Oogie Boogie dessert party. So a ton of people missed out, even though they were incredibly diligent. If I may say, I was incredibly diligent. Mm -hmm. And um, those people didn't get in. Um, So now the whole thing is you have to sign up for dining alerts on Mouse Dining, which will give you six free alerts. But then you have to be as fast as everyone else who signed up for those alerts. And then you're going to miss them. Or there's there's other websites. I don't want to mention them because they charge you $6 per alert that you sign up for. And then it's still the Wild West and you have to go and try and get it yourself. I feel like one... Disney Parks, Bob Che Peck, uh, cheaping out on the servers to make the the website unable to handle the load is a bunch of hooey. It's a bunch of garbage. I'm really upset about it, but also just that I I feel personally that the Disneyland website is poorly designed. It's not designed to handle any kind of um, anything. Anything. And I don't see the point of having dining reservations if you're going to make people suffer, continue to check hourly for them. And like, I know that dining reservations are a luxury thing, but we saved up specially to get these dining reservations. We're not wealthy people. And I don't, 
I don't see why it's better to do these random drops on a website that doesn't work. And don't tell me, like, Disney can't afford the infrastructure to create a website that is functional. Like, oh, I'm just so mad. That's my Disney news. Well, you you pose a really, really good point. Like, you would think that they would be able to think ahead for this kind of thing. It's like, hey, we're releasing this dining reservation thing for this... uh, this experience that we know people are going to want and that people are going to want really badly. So let's make sure that it works. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense to me why they would do it so that it doesn't work. It's just weird. It's just dumb. It's just such a poor choice. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's like, you don't like, why can't you make it work? It's not like, it's not like, I mean, like I, I get, I get, that sometimes compute like uh, sometimes websites and things will go down, you know, if too much traffic all at once kind of thing. You see it every so often with like major like ticketed events and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, just sometimes websites go down. Ooh. And oh, I think I broke a chair. Oh no! Lol. I'm so sorry. Broke your chair. I'm gonna change chairs. Hold on. Okay, cool. Well, while Anwar is gone, I'm gonna tell you that I think Bob Chapek is a Disney villain. And I'm mad at him, and I hope he stubs his little toe, and I am not here for it. Sorry, go ahead, Anwar. That's okay. Just just my point that, like, you would think that that they'd be able to, you know, have the website running for something, or at least prepare the website for something like this to receive the traffic that it's going to get. Like, it, yeah. I don't think it's a surprise that they're getting a whole bunch of people trying to get in on this, because, like, no. like... It would be silly of them to think that this, that it would be like, oh, wait, you're telling me that hundreds of people want to get onto this website for this, mm-hmm. for this experience? What? What? What madness? It's like, no, you're dumb. You're dumb. <laughs> it, frankly, to me, it seems contemptuous and disdainful of their fans. And I just think, like, ha- making people just wait for these random drops, the people that care about it, is ridiculous. If you really yeah. care, like, sure, get up at 3 a.m. I don't know why the frick it's 3 a.m., but sure, get up at 3 a.m. Quickly, like, get your stuff and go. But this this whole process of some people are going to get it when they maybe find it randomly i don't know i don't know it's silly and dumb but anyway yeah. i hope that they figure their shit out um but yeah that's it that's that's my news i'm mad about it and <laughs> yeah that that's it i i wish i had more disney news but my disney news is just i'm mad yeah that's my disney news Fairleth is mad get me a <laughs> reservation for the blue bayou and i'll stop being mad <laughs> uh <laughs> I mean, well, you know, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on your side. I think it should be much easier for them to. It would just be much easier, or it should be easier for them to to get this stuff going. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway. I think last. Oh, last, I have a little oh. more Disney news. I guess I should share that. I mean, I know this because it's it's a dining reservation, but. Um, Character breakfasts are back at the park uh, officially as uh, the reservations have opened. The character experiences themselves start on August 26th. We are currently looking forward to a revised um, character breakfast. If you've ever mm. been to one, the characters come to your table and they do improv and interact with you. And it's pretty cool. As of right now, this could change. But frankly, due to the surging Del- Delta variant, I doubt it will. 
um, characters do a musical parade through the restaurant, and uh, you cannot pose for pictures with them. You have to stay six feet away from them. They will interact with you a little bit. That is what I know. Um, however, the price has not gone down. So you see, I am full of salt. I'm full of salt. But, of course, <laughs> I want the characters to be safe. It's not that. It's... Yeah. Um, I'm charging the same price for a, I don't know, lesser, but like um, maybe less involved experience seems a little bit of a bummer. I mean, are you gonna are you gonna still be able to take pictures with the characters? Not together. You can take a picture of a character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, because I admit, like, having done a couple of the character dining experiences at Disney, like the the thing you you the reason you do it is so that you can interact with the characters and take pictures with them yeah like when i when when colin and i did the uh the character dinner at the disneyland hotel in i think it's called goofy's kitchen yeah uh at goofy's kitchen we were sitting there we were enjoying our food having having some cocktails and you know the characters came up to us said hello and pluto came up to us and like fully just was a complete butt was a complete butthole like a funny butthole he was just very cheeky and was like playing around with us we're like <laughs> you uh we were like i was like trying to take a photo with him but then he kept on like covering my face with his paw and just like trying to make the photo all about him and it was just so very funny but like that's why you do those that's why you do the experiences to interact with the characters and just have fun right and like yeah yeah, so it, it would definitely be weird to, like, not take a picture with the character at these at these dining experiences. Yeah, dining experience, very weird, so. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, wonder, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Part of me hopes it'll open up a little more and be more, like, I guess immersive. I don't know, like, just a bigger experience. But also, I want everyone to be safe. And I don't trust strangers to be safe. So I understand keeping the actors safe. But just... For it to be the same price, Anwar. Like, why I... Ugh. The thing... I've talked about this before on the podcast. It makes me mad because Disneyland was started by a capitalist who was an artist. Mm-hmm. Now it is just run by capitalists. It makes me mad. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it, actually. Yeah. A capitalist who was an artist. I like that. It's like, he made art that would appeal to people and would turn a profit. He had a vision. He's like, people will like this, but it's still art. And then mm-hmm. you get Bob Iger, you get Michael Eisner, you get Bob Chapek. And I'm like, I'm sick of Bobs. And they're not, they're <laughs> like, oh, the rides have to have IP. Oh, they have to be super cheap. They have to hit these these buttons. And what we're getting is, frankly, much more soulless experiences in the park in my opinion from what i've seen and from what i know you compare the haunted mansion to the little mermaid dark ride which have the exact same ride mechanic it's there's no comparison you can't compare the two no how can you compare the two but you should be able to because they're all disneyland rides like why are they making these things that are not as good it makes me crazy and then charging more and more and more even though what they're adding to the parks is not as good it's not as good i can't oh oh, i've just i've got a lot of thoughts a lot of feelings (laughs) now that being said though i do think that the little mermaid ride uh, is kind of on par with some of the other dark storybook rides. Cause I, I mean, mean that's like, fair. it's like having, you know, having written them, they are I kind of all the same, <laughs> really. I mean, like, they're fun. They're definitely not the best rides in the park, but like, that is accurate. But like, ask, they're air conditioned. That's true, which is great. 
except for Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, in which they put you into a, into an oven. But you know that's fine. But <laughs> then the outside feels cooler. It works out. Sure, I guess. Yeah. Um, but like comparing Little Mermaid to Haunted Mansion is like comparing Haunted Mansion to, well, to Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. It's kind of the same concept because again, it's. You know, Little Mermaid and Mr. Toad's Wild Ride and all those other storybook rides in Fantasyland are kind of all more or less on the same level. The only difference is that is the ride system on Little Mermaid is more akin to is more akin to uh, the trackless ride or the trackless system on Haunted Mansion. Mm -hmm. Right. That's true. I guess I think like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is, you know, it's an opening day attraction, but also Uh specifically like the the painted boards and stuff is supposed to harken back to traditional amusement park rides. So I can kind of excuse that. But it's like Mm. I feel like Snow White's Scary Adventure, maybe I'm romanticizing it in my head. I haven't watched a ride through of it in a few months, but like Snow White's Scary Adventure, I haven't been on Enchanted Wish yet. Um, Pinocchio, these rides, they seem in my memory. I know Peter Pan is more detailed. Peter Pan is more detailed, but I think that's only because they have the big actual models. Like I you love have models. They're they're beautiful. You have the models of London. You have the model of Neverland. Yeah. I think that I think that's why Peter Pan's flight is like just a level above the other storybook rides because you're right so like okay in turn if you're if if we're talking like technology wise i feel like it like in terms of like the storybook rides you have um mr toad's wild ride and pinocchio that are kind of here uh on like a lower level uh and then you have snow white's now enchanted wish which would probably be a level above that because yeah you know it, it looks has, really fancy it looks really nice it has that projection technology it's got the uh it's you know since since the revamp i think it's it was taken a level up scary adventures i think would be would have been on thinking ba- uh thinking back on it was like more or less on the same level as as mr toad and pinocchio uh, mm-hmm. And then you have Little Mermaid, which I think is a level above that, only because the ride system is different and the ride system is able to do a little bit more, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Like the uh, the um, the Under the Sea sequence is quite fun. There's a lot of really good animatronics. It's beautiful. The music is good. It's all great and everything. And that's all nice and pretty. And then above that, you have Peter Pan's Flight. And I think the reason Peter Pan's Flight is the top tier and probably why it's a 40 to 50 minute wait all the time. All the time. Even at 9 a.m. Even at 9 a.m., like literally, is because the track the, the ride system is is exclusively unique and you have the all the gorgeous models that are there that were all built and painted by hand. So gorgeous. Might I add. Mm-hmm. So yeah, of London and Neverland and then uh it's so neat. All that stuff, yeah. So I think like that's how I would tier them, how I would tier the storybook rides, mm-hmm. personally, if we were yeah, if, if we were comparing them. Not to think about it. I mean, like, I haven't ridden the new, new Snow White. I liked it being scary, honestly. Um, gosh, okay. I don't know. It's They're really hard to rank. Because, mm. like, Mr. Toad is simple. But you go to hell at the end. I don't know how to, like, not make that, like, very it's also, highly ranked. It's also, the I think, the only one that, like, firmly steers away from the actual story of the movie because the movie obviously in the movie as we discussed earlier when we talked about it doesn't do that yeah he lives he lives (laughs) whereas whereas in the ride he doesn't so i I think it's very interesting that they decided to do that in the first place so Mm -hmm. yeah no absolutely you're right um gosh i don't know i just 
I I guess this is an unpopular opinion. I'm not actually sure. I'm not sure the general opinion of Little Mermaid ride. Um, but I think the Under the Sea sequence looks kind of empty and static. And I thought, I think it could be way better. And I, I found it really disappointing. I think it's one of those things that you have to really experience. You're probably right. I I'll, think, I'll take it back until after I get back. Yeah, I think once you actually ride the ride. And I mean, this is this like, and we've talked about this before. This is. This is the case for all the rides. It's one thing to sit down and watch a ride through. It's You're fun. Right. It's cute. But then to actually be there and immersed in it. Like, for example, you can watch a ride through of, of Pirates of the Caribbean all day, all night. But when you're and on Maybe that, I will. <laughs> but when you're on that, when you're in that boat and yeah. you're riding smelling through. Smelling that smell. Smelling the smell. You're in the, like, in the beginning of the ride when you're going through the, the um, what's it called? Uh, like the swampland with like the blue yeah, bayou next the, to you. The, yeah, yeah, the, the bayou. Right, the bayou, the bayou. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> the bayou. You know, you see, you look over, you have the restaurant, people eating, you look over to your left, you just have all, it's dead quiet. And and you're feeling that vibe and that energy and that smell and you're hearing the banjo playing and you look over and there's that old dude just in his rocking chair, the animatronic, just chilling out, playing mm-hmm. his banjo. Love that guy. And then you're just like, oh, shit. Like just the feeling mm-hmm. is so different to when you're at, as opposed to just watching the ride through because you don't have that immersive experience, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I think when you actually ride, uh, uh, Ariel's Undersea Ariel's, Adventure. Yeah, thank you. When you actually, <laughs> I forgot what it was called. I just called it the Little Mermaid ride. Little Mermaid um, ride. When you actually ride it, I I firmly believe you're going to have a different uh, opinion of it. Do, mm-hmm. Now, does this mean you'll have like it'll blow your mind? Honestly, probably not. Only because uh, the actual what we know of the actual foundation of the ride is very simple, right? It's a mm-hmm. trackless ride. It's it's akin to the Doom buggy, and you know there it's a basic storybook ride, animatronics, musical sequences, blah blah blah. You know we we know this, right? But yeah. I think once you actually ride it and get that feel and get into it, then I think that's when you're really going to like your opinion. Okay. I think your opinion, your opinion will change. Okay. I like the yeah. shell cars a lot. I was just looking at it. Um, I, I guess my only other two like little like questions about it are it's got some screens. I don't like screens in the dark rides. I That's just me, though. I, I don't... I don't go to Disneyland to watch things on screen when I'm in a <laughs> moving vehicle. I don't appreciate it. Then the finale of Ariel's Undersea Adventure is very weird because, like, it's... I don't think it's a spoiler to say it's the wedding at the end of the movie. But what? it's got Shocking. I know. <laughs> but it's... um the water effect is not very convincing, so it just looks mm. like a bunch of fish animatronics and King Triton waist deep in some cement. <laughs> which <laughs> maybe yeah. it'll be different with lighting. But I'm I'm eager to ride it in person. I shouldn't be so sassy about something I've only watched on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But um But anyway. I mean I'm excited. I, I I just I I guess back to my original point, I don't know how I got on the aerial train, but um yeah. by waiting in line for sixty minutes. Um I I just for Disneyland to really be magical, you need an artist to that, be making those decisions. Yeah, that I agree. And I think that's why the Imagineers are such champions right now because, you know, they, they can only really, they can only do so much with what, with what they're given, right? Yes. And so, like, with, oh, I don't blame them. Because, because they're given, like, one thing after another that's just very simple IP, uh, the fact that they're still able to do the things that they're doing with that IP and really elevate it because you're right. Like with like 
look at Avengers Campus. Avengers Campus could be very, very simple. It could be, you know, here's your character meet and greet. Here's, you know, a dark ride. You know, there you go. You're done. Right. But the Imagineers decided to be like, okay, here's what we got. Here's what we're going to do. And so then they did the thing of like, you know, they gave you that immersive experience with uh, with Pim's Test Kitchen, right? Which which is great, great thematically. They gave us the the brilliant Spider-Man animatronic that mm-hmm. is next fucking level, right? In terms of uh, animatronic experience, mm-hmm. uh, even the even the Spider-Man ride I think is pretty revolutionary. You know, yeah, it's it has its problems, but like again, the fact that it's able to interact with you without any sort of sensor. And able to track your motion and what you're doing, that's next level shit. That's fucking great, if yeah. you ask me. Yeah. Right? So like and 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 not to mention the fact that they're that they're looking to add um a, a Groot, a walking animatronic Groot. I need to see that Groot. Like the Imagineers are fucking champions right now, as far as I'm concerned. Like, I don't th- <laughs> I do not think Disneyland would be nearly as awesome, as successful as it is right now, if it weren't for the Imagineers. And, and and as far as I'm concerned, those people need like all the praise, all of it, because like, you're right. Bob Chapek is a businessman who's like, hey, we have this thing. Let's turn it into part of the park. You know, it's like, OK, cool. Yeah, I'd love to be in an area where I can meet the Avengers or, you know, I'd love to go to Batuu and experience Star Wars in real life. Sure. Mm-hmm. But like, you got any original ideas? You know, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's the thing. I want to see some original stuff. I know it's Bob Iger's fault. I know it is a Bob Iger thing. I, I've read many, like several articles about it. Um, that they're not allowed to create attractions that don't directly reference or reinforce IP anymore. It's a, it's now it's a, it's a, a mandate at the parks and i'm just really hoping eventually it will change hands so we get more original things tokyo disney sea is it it like there's nothing they're not making anything like that here now and i mean it's not even mm-hmm. like tokyo disney sea is completely original it's based on on Vern's work um even the volcano but it's just it's not just how can we shoehorn an advertisement in here because you're not you, you know what i mean um yeah i think that's a lot of my problem with it also, like, I don't know, I Disneyland lately, Disneyland, historically, has been better at, at maintaining the park than Disney World has been. And now Disneyland, like, World of Color isn't back yet, not because of the crowds, but because it needs huge refurbishment. A lot of the effects in World of Color weren't working at the beginning of the pandemic. And, yeah. and now they have to drain that lagoon to repair this show. And they did not do that before reopening. Which is, California Adventure. which is bonkers to me. Bonkers! I would rather have kept it closed a little bit rather than charging us the same amount of money. And honestly, with Magic Key and, and, and making park reservations and everything, making it more difficult to get there and, and yeah. giving us less stuff for the same money because they know we'll pay it. And I mean, yeah, I guess. But, like, I'm, I'm not as excited about supporting a company that, again treats me disdainfully i'm just frustrated i wanted to go to that dessert party then that's fair you should be able to attend the thing that is advertised to you yeah (laughs) just 
quite simply. Yeah. It gives yeah. you special parade route visibility. And, like, I know I can just line up an hour ahead to watch this Halloween parade. Because, like, I usually don't care that much about Disneyland parades, but I care about the spoopy parade. Mm-hmm. I just have a lot of feelings right now. <laughs> I wanted dessert. I wanted spoopy <laughs> dessert. I, mm, but, hey, here's something cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we got reservations for Carthay Circle Lounge, nice. which is very exciting and fancy. I never thought I'd get in there. Um, and we got... Uh, like I say, the Plaza Inn, Minnie and Friends character breakfast. So that'll be pretty cool. Ooh, that one's good. That's the one that... Uh, that's the good one. That's that's uh, that's in, like, Disneyland, like... That's, yeah, that's right, in Disneyland proper. Yeah, right to the right as soon as you hit the end of Main Street that's to your right. Exactly. And I'd rather do a character pr- uh, breakfast that's within the park so that I can get to more oh, yeah. things rather than have yeah. to go to a hotel. Uh, and we've got reservations as well for um, the Riverbell Terrace. For a group of 12 people, which is pretty nice. cool. And that's it. But it's pretty cool. It's pretty great. That is pretty great. Yeah, no all. complaints there. I'm very excited about it all. I never thought I'd get to eat at Carthay Circle. So yeah. I don't mean to be so negative. I, I guess I'm feeling a little sulky. I just think, like, make your website usable. Don't treat your customers with contempt. A lot of people on Mice Chat and um, the Reddit, are, the subreddit for Disneyland, are saying they're done with the park right now and will only come back when they're treated more respectfully. And I think, like, you know, they're just shooting themselves in the foot because Disneyland isn't going to change until they have a new head of everything. Bob Chapek, if you're listening to this, fuck. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, people are getting really, really upset. Yeah. I'm still going. I'm a sucker (sighs) for that kind of thing, but whatever. Anyway, I'm still feeling very positive. I just wanted to share that experience. Like, if you're trying to get dining reservations, like, you get ready for an ordeal. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe we didn't fucking talk about this. What? Uh, but uh, Scarlett Johansson was suing Disney. Oh, yeah. I don't know a lot about this, but please, please tell me. Uh, it just basically has to do with the, the release of um, the Black Widow movie. I think it's like in her contract. I think it had to. I think it was like, if I remember correctly, uh, they had agreed that the movie was only going to be released in theaters. Mm hmm. I think it was, I think it was that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Think, and so it's like, yeah. and so because of that, uh, ScarJo didn't receive, uh, she was co- like, air quotes here, denied or deprived of millions of compensation. And I'm like, I mean, okay, I, I get, I get what you're trying to say. I get that you're mad that they went against your contract, which, you know, is fair. Mm-hmm. But, and, but at the same time, it's like, are you only really mad just because you didn't make as much as you could have, even though you're Scarlett Johansson and you make a fuck ton of money already? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm kind of like, nah. I feel like it's just like rich people whining because they're not, they didn't make millions of dollars. And I'm like, oh, yeah, just it's hard to sympathize weird. with that kind of thing in our position. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm more sympathetic about the fact that she, like, that she's mad that Disney went against her contract. That is something different, right? Like, cause like if you have a contract, then you're obligated to follow that contract. Right. But I also think it should have been renegotiated to be like, Hey, we're in a pandemic. So we're also going to be releasing this on, uh, what's it called? Uh, on stream. And so, you know, uh, let's try and figure out how we can compensate you to do that as well as the theater releases, right? 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, so and I, and I think it's because I don't think she made any money from the streaming thing. Oh, uh, I don't know about that. I think that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on a sec. I'm trying to see if I can find some more of these details here. Um, yeah, uh, the sticking point. Or hold on. Uh, the sticking point was for the sticking point for Johansson, who claims the simultaneous release of Black Widow depressed ticket sales. Uh, it was a conflict that Disney is believed to have avoided with the Jungle Cruise star Dwayne Johnson by changing his compensation structure when the film also uh, bowed on the streaming service at the same time it debuted in theaters. So, mm-hmm. like with so Dwayne Johnson, I think went into it agreeing to do both streaming and theater, but I think ScarJo only went into it being like, "We're only going to release this in theater," kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's what that is. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so I, I I think that's why Dwayne Johnson isn't suing Disney. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it it feels it feels silly, but then at the same time, I'm like, oh, but I get it because you're mad at the company for basically shafting you uh, because they decided to not follow the contract that they had initially agreed to. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, oh, but then you also have to empathize with the fact that this, you know, this is coming at the end or you know at the tail end of a pandemic, and so things are going to be different. But then also, mm-hmm. Disney should have renegotiated. I agree. You know, but like, but, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it all seems like it's in a lot of bad faith. It's also yeah. a, really unfortunate that it's the one movie about a female Avenger. Yeah. And yeah. I'm admittedly like, well, it's the second movie out of a female Avenger. What uh, was Ca- the first one? Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah. Sorry. She's Is she an Avenger or she's a friend? No, she's fringe? an Avenger. I well, guess. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was thinking about the OG uh, collection. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, sorry, I, I should yeah, have been yeah. clear. But yeah, you're absolutely right. But, um, you know, I just feel like Black Widow finally gets her movie and it's the one that kind of gets shafted. It is a bummer, but I'm sure it wasn't intentional because it's not like Disney planned the pandemic. No, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, and I mean, like, but in my opinion of it is that I think Black Widow should have come out, like, easily a year yeah. earlier than it did. But, you know, whatever. Yes. It's fine, I guess. I, I don't I, I don't control when they release shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, so that's kind of like the big talking point of that, I guess. Yeah. No, absolutely. Hey, do you know anything about wine country to Trattoria at Disneyland? No. no, me neither. I know nothing about it. A reservation just opened up and I thought you could tell me about it. But mm-hmm. since we're doing the <laughs> podcast, but mm-hmm. I guess I'll find out and report back next time. All right. Uh, so let's move on to our main topic, which is, uh, this cute little film. Well, yeah. Lady and the Tramp 2 Scamps Adventure. Mm -hmm. So, what'd you think? I thought it was fine and had some weird shit in it, (laughs) but it was fine. Yeah. Um, like, it was a very... It was a very by the numbers plot. Like, there's no way, like, there was one way it could have gone, and every step of that movie, like, was very clear that way. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Just like if you're looking for Disney magic, you're not going to find it here. It's it's a basic story about an original character. Mm-hmm. Um, my my issues were like, did this story require a sequel? No, I don't think it did. Um, did it function as a sequel? I don't really think it did. Um, it ignored uh, the world that was previously established in the first movie and just reinvented it. And I, I don't care for that kind of thing. But I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was cute. I thought the songs were pretty good. I was excited to hear Broadway talent that I like a lot. A, l- a lot of really good people in the cast. Mm. Um, it was 
mainly stuff like Lady calling the tramp Tramp as if it was his name, people yeah. referring to him that way, really, really stuck out to me. Really well, weird. Th- yeah, but I think that's just because like we don't actually know who his name he doesn't, he doesn't really have a name. That's have why he's name. called the Tramp. Yeah. But like, why would they call him the equivalent of hobo? That's <laughs> weird. I don't know. Just maybe, don't mention it. Maybe because like that was just kind of when like when Jim Deere and Darling adopted him, they oh, they just knew him as a street dog, and so yeah. he was you know a tramp, and so they just decided to name him Tramp officially. I guess I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. I mean, like, I don't. I I, I see your point. I don't necessarily hate it because, again, like that's how we all know him as, right? Mm-hmm. That's it's kind of unofficially been his name since yeah. the original. Right? I just thought that that's the thing. What, what I mean about like, does this need a sequel? Because the first one, the implication is they adopt this dog and they'll give him a name. You know? Oh, um, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I so it's not that like I I can see I think people would have had a hard time calling him a different thing in this movie, but like that's why the per- the first story was perfectly sewn up. Um. Mm-hmm. Similarly, that we see so much of Jim Deere and Darling's faces in this. Yeah. The whole point of the first one is that you don't see their faces because it is from the dog's point of view. And you see their knees and down. And I thought it was very charming. And it's like, if this is not related to the first story at all, why are you doing it? And I Mm -hmm. know why. It's, again, the same thing. It's The studio is now run by capitalists, not artists. And an artist capitalist will make different choices. Yeah. And the the movie's a product. Yeah. Well, this movie was released in 2001. And it was... Was uh, Michael Eisner time? uh, I cannot remember. But it was done through Walt Disney Television and Walt Disney Home Entertainment. So this was another one of those sequels that was, like, done effectively... uh, direct-to-video also to be released on the Disney Channel for, like, an afternoon kind of thing. Like, an afternoon special kind of thing, right? And so, uh, like, this and, like, a bunch of the other sequels that we know of, right? Like, I I think I remember seeing a video, watching a a video that was, like, talking about all of these made-for-TV sequels and stuff. Yeah. Um, But this is one of them. And so, like, yeah, like, all in all, I did enjoy it. Personally, I wasn't a big fan of the songs. I thought they were all very mediocre. Very mediocre. Whenever a song says that uh, somebody is listening to someone else's heart song, I'm like, oh my god. Your heart song, really? The writing is not great. Writing (laughs) is completely middle of the road. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, But you are right in that, like, this this voice cast is pretty stellar. Like, you have Alyssa Alyssa Milano, who was Angel... Mm -hmm. Uh, our cute little and, Sheba. And her singing voice is Susan Egan, who you would know better Susan as Meg. Susan Megara. Um, or uh, she was the original Belle in Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. Yes. And also, uh, what's it called? Um, Roger Bart was the singing voice for Scamp, who, yep. as we know, is the singing voice for Hercules. Yeah, the young Hercules. He does Young the, Hercules, um, specifically. Uh, I can go the distance, but he's also yeah. a Broadway legend, winning Tony yep. Awards yep. for his yep. role yep. as Snoopy in Your Good Man, Charlie Brown, appearing as the original Fro- uh, Froderick Frankenstein in Young Frankenstein, and so on and so forth down the line. Yeah. He's also recently... In the producers. In the producers, he was uh, the original Carmen Ghia, then replaced <laughs> Matthew Broderick as... Um, uh, Leo Bloom. Then recently, uh, before the pandemic, he was um, Hades in the original 
uh, Shakespeare in the Park, Broadway caliber production of Hercules, which was a cool full circle thing yes. for him. Yes, and also uh, Doc Brown in the in Broadway, the Back to the Future in musical, Back to the Future musical yeah. on West End. Um, on the West End. On the West End, yes. A pretty good Christopher Lloyd impression, I'd say. So he's, like, super famous. Scott Wolf is also very famous, but I'm not familiar with his work because I didn't watch Saved by the Bell. Neither did I. But he's apparently famous. Scott Wolf played Scamp. Then who else do we have? I thought it was Alan Arkin the whole time playing Buster, the Rottweiler Doberman Pincher guy. <laughs> um, but it was a Chaz Palminteri. Do you know him? Uh, no, but I know his face. I know his face. He's um, Shorty from Mar- Modern Family, you know, um, Jay's friend who they think is gay but is just fancy. Mm, I haven't seen enough of Modern Family. Well, it's also kind of middle of the road. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, he's a, a fancy Broadway actor. Mm-hmm. Um, who else have we got here? Jody Benson. Jody Benson, that's right. She played Lady. As Lady, you know. How did you like her performance? I thought she was great. I mean, like, I love Jodie Benson. Mm-hmm. I, did, it, I didn't like it. When I found out I was Jodie Benson, I was kind of disappointed. Well, but also, like, how much of a role really does Lady have? Well, there's another <laughs> thing. This is a sequel to Lady and the Tramp, and Lady is barely in it. Meh. Meh. Yeah. But um, it is nice to see Jodie doing something other than Ariel. <laughs> that's true. And oh, my favorite Jodie Benson performance is Thumbelina. Oh, she was Thumbelina? She was Thumbelina. Oh, shit. Look at her crossing yeah, yeah. over. You can hear it if you listen and you know. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you yeah, know yeah. the voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mickey Rooney is in this movie? Mickey Rooney! Um, uh, he plays Sparky the Irish Wolfhound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Tress McNeil was Aunt Sarah. Love Tress McNeil. Rob Paulson's in it. He's Rob always Paulson. in everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're getting to smaller voices now. Jim Cummings appeared. Um, mm-hmm. As Tony, the as uh, he he replaced uh, uh, George Givet for Tony, the owner of the um, the Italian restaurant. Yeah. That they go back to because they had to repeat that scene. Yeah. The hey Joe, um, that guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who? Cool. Uh, who else? Um, um, was- oh my god! Oh my god! Um, Everybody. This is, it's a stack cast. Like, not everybody's super famous, but they're all very well, like, well known if you know, like, voice actors and stuff. They're all very good people. Jess Harnell was the singing voice for, for Buster the Roddy. Uh, the Roddy. Love and, Jess Harnell so much. And for those who don't know who Jess Harnell is, he plays Wacko in uh, the Animaniacs. So basically, they had the Animaniacs in this movie, which that, just makes so fabulous. me, ha- which just makes me happy because I love all three of them and they're all great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, Frank Welker, uh, who is just you know a super famous voice actor. Like, if you l- look at his IMDb, the man has been in the business for fucking ever, and he's voiced so many iconic roles. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's in this movie. Yeah, you're right. Like, uh, admittedly, it's pretty stacked. Um, yeah. Here's an issue I had. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so Scamp, basically the plot of this movie is Scamp is a little puppy and he lives, he's like a teenage puppy. Yeah. And he lives with Jim Deere and Darlie and all the other puppies, which are fancy Cocker Spaniels. And he's like, he's like Tramp. He's the one, he's the one, uh, uh, I think, what, what, what's the description they give him? He's a mongrel. He's a mixture of like a schnauzer and terrier, which admittedly I can see it now that, now that, uh, now that it says it. But yeah, so basically you got Lady who's a Cocker Spaniel. And then Tramp, who's a Schnauzer Terrier mix, and then produces four puppies, three of which are all Cocker Spaniels. And then the one other puppy is another Schnauzer Terrier mix. Like, 
there's no way that would happen. Like just yeah, just it's, that, yeah, that just yeah. would not that that fundamentally would not happen. <laughs> that's no. not that's not how crossbreeding works. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I don't know a lot about it. Well, no, um, because like you you cross the breeds and then like characteristics of both of both those dogs would then mix. They just into, mix. Yeah. Well, yeah, they would just. Mix. I don't know like a lot that, about dogs. I've never had one. That's how you. That's how you get mixed breeds, right? Mm-hmm. You have like various characteristics of of other dogs. That's how mutts happen, right? Because they're they're just different characteristics of different dogs that have just bred. Oh. Yeah. So the well, only great. way the only way for them to have gotten three cocker spaniel puppies is if Lady had bred with another cocker spaniel. There's no other way that that would have that that would have happened. So yeah. just like fundamentally those puppies should not exist but anyway <laughs> those puppies should not exist they shouldn't not well not the way that they not the way they that they that they animated them certainly not but anyway that's just that's just me like being super super nitpicky and stuff no I this mean, is also it's it's lazy <laughs> art it's just lazy art that's all. i guess i mean yeah but then i guess they would have had to gone out and like looked for like specifically a dog that was bred specifically using those do- using those dogs, I guess. I I'm sorry. Know. The Disney am- animators have gone to all sorts of different countries. They can't go find a dog. Uh, I guess. <laughs> hmm. uh, anyway, but yes. So the plot of this movie basically is Scamp just kind of wants to live a free life. He doesn't want to be a house pet anymore. Mer, mer, mer. And, you know, Tramp is just basically trying to teach him. He's like, look, we got it good. It, out there is a fucking nightmare. Don't do it. And Tramps and Scamp's like, no, I'm, 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 I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, Dad. I'm going to go against you, Dad, because that's what teenagers do. And then finally, you know, he decides to, like, go. And then he fucks off to a junkyard and then meets Buster, who we learn was, like, a protege to Tramp when Tramp was a street dog. Mm-hmm. And has, like, a really, like, super bitter view on house pets for reasons. Yeah, for reasons. I guess because he's just super, super uh, bitter of the fact that Tramp decided to just get a family. Yeah, it's it's just, it's a weird, it's weird, it's weird. Um, here's a weird thing, uh, since it's a sequel, mm-hmm. um, that uh, Trusty the dog, who has no sense of smell but doesn't realize it in the first movie, and it's a big tragic thing that they talk about. yeah leads the charge in searching for Scamp, even though they know he can't smell anything, but then he can smell things and finds a wig. <laughs> I don't understand it. Why did they let him be the lead smeller when it's a big plot point in the first movie that he can't smell? Well, I think it's because he does ultimately overcome his uh, lowered sense. I don't think it's that he's fully lost his sense of smell. I think it's just that he's, it's like a, a a lowered sense of smell and he it's just not as strong as it used to be and he's like mm-hmm. out of practice in using it because at the end of the first film he does end up trailing the, the dog catcher car and finding Tramp, right? And so I think with this one he's just kind of like trying to prove himself again but of course you know his track record is probably not great and so which is why they're like nah. yeah. um but i mean like let, let's put it this way let's say you had a child like try and imagine <laughs> you have a child and it goes missing and you have the option of using your friend that has uh that is a detective or your friend that has a flashlight that's going out who mm-hmm. would you pick <laughs> yeah that's true it's the detective every time 
Um, it's it's just it's 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 just weird. The differences between this movie and the first one is all to me. It's just like, did they write it in a week? I bet they did. Probably. One thing I have learned about studying screenwriting this year is if you know screenwriting structure and you don't care that much about the quality of it being very special and magical, you can pump out a screenplay in a week. Mm. It's That's not. Fair. It's because of the way they're formatted and, and stuff. And I just, I'm like, I can, I can see that an, a regular Disney movie is miles ahead of these direct-to-video sequel sequels. Oh, I know they don't. Absolutely. That much, oh, absolutely. Like, Why don't they just make them good? Because I, because they're not meant to be good, I think. But why not? They're, because they're meant to be for the kids, like, at the end of the day, so that the parents but can I mean, sit them in front of the TV and make them watch a Disney movie because the parents don't want to be bothered. But, like, sure. And, like, I agree with you. Like, yeah, they're babysitting tools, but, like, all the other Disney movies are good. Why are they pumping out crap? And, I mean, I'm not, like, Scamp's Adventure is serviceable and it's fine. But none of these directed video sequels are nearly anywhere as good as as the first ones and it it honestly it's again i'm just on an art kick today i guess it's like <laughs> is this art or is it a product with no soul oh and for it's sure like, I, it's I a product with yeah. no soul and i, I don't, the, I don't yeah. get it the message think, is don't run away from home and join a group of homeless people that's the <laughs> and message then, and then realize oh i actually had it really good and Obviously. then go back to, to the home and like yeah like like when it, it was funny because Angel, her whole character is that she wants a family. Yeah. She's right? so cute. I love her character design. She seems really design. positive. She's got violet eyes like Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah, it's great. Um, but like it's funny when they end up in the in their community, you know, she she even calls it Snob Hill, like the way that Tramp did when he first mm-hmm. encountered it. And then he, they like go to the house and like Tramp sees the family like actively sad that he's missing. And then he's like, oh, I didn't expect them to miss me that much. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You didn't expect them to miss you that much. Yeah. Are you are, are you that self-absorbed? Like, are you so committed to this life of living on your own that you don't realize that you are in a loving family that wants to take care of you? Yeah, and his problem is baths? Basically. And like, and like, uh, and like, Angel sees that and she's like, are you out of your fucking mind? I would kill for this. Yep. And it's like, and I think at that point, we are meant to be Angel being like, Scamp, you're a fucking idiot. Like, Yeah, but it's like, it's never <sighs> painted as he's not an idiot, right? It's never like, oh, the junkyard stuff is actually great. The evil character is clearly evil from the word go. Like the, the Oh, yeah, it never hides it. Like, you, yeah. you see Buster and you're like, oh, yeah, this is definitely the bad guy because You're he's, sexually harassing this other dog. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> there's no secret. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just funny. It's like, why does this movie need to be made? It's like, oh, to make money, and that's it. What are you trying yeah. to say with this? Nothing really. It's and it's still. It was I thought more well done than Cinderella two, for example. I'm oh, just for sure. Frustrated yeah. and maybe no, feeling c- very cynical about the way that they're making these sequels. Yeah, well, Cinderella two is just trash, and then but then Cinderella three was great. That I think that's like the only really good straight to tv straight to tv or straight to tv slash vhs sequel that we've seen so far has been cinderella 3 which admittedly is just great Mm -hmm. um i have to admit it really really hit me hard when uh just like the whole idea of these people really loving their dog and like and like especially when they're like going through and angel is seeing all these other houses with all these other dogs just like 
in their forever homes. Mm-hmm. It just really hit me really, really hard. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, like I was like I I was choked up about it, but that's just because I I I love seeing dogs just happy because mm-hmm. they are such pure creatures, and I love seeing them happy and taken care of, and you know, just in loving families and homes. So I, I admit that super super worked on me. <laughs> Yeah. Probably like about as much as it did in the first one when you saw when when it was the pound and you saw all the dogs just super sad and you're like oh fuck that's right there are dogs just in kennels and all they want is to be adopted and it's so sad so but I'm a sucker yeah. for I'm a sucker for a dog dogs I liked the part where the little dogs the three dogs were in a pile <laughs> yeah one one dog on the bottom and then another dog and then another dog with their heads resting on each other in their little doghouse that was really cute that was very cute the dashens in the doghouse yeah so mm-hmm. cute oh i love dogs i just love dogs dogs are amazing dogs are great they are just pure creatures and should never be mistreated yeah anyway on that note on that note let's watch more dogs next week yeah uh so uh so yes yeah, so your final thoughts of this film I mean, if you want something to babysit your kid, put it in front of this, I guess. But, like, I honestly... It has honestly, cute puppies. It has cute puppies. Lady and the Tramp is much better, but is racist. So, honestly... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think just watch something else. We'll, <laughs> we'll see what advice. happens. We'll see We'll see how the live-action one goes, because that's yeah. what we're watching next. Yes, I'm, I'm very eager to see how they've interpreted it. Yeah. Because um, the original is incredibly charming, but racist. So let's see. Let's find yes. out. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, yeah, that's next week, a live-action Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. We will watch it so you don't have to. And then maybe you can after, but, like, listen to what we say first, because, like, <laughs> gosh, just there's so many Disney movies that are transcendently beautiful works of art that further the form and and innovate um in in a way that is absolutely breathtaking and then there are other movies and i don't why don't we just meet in the middle and have everything be good what about that right uh why can't things just be good why can't things just be good (laughs) yeah tell us in the comments why can't things just be good any (laughs) final thoughts from you no that's kind of it. Uh, it's a cute movie. It's fine. It exists. It um, yeah. And then, I mean, like, if you like dogs. And honestly, if you can, like, if you want to just, like, skip over that one that one sequence, the, the, uh, the Siamese cat sequence, you can. You can just, like, fast forward that bit. And then the rest of the movie is just great. If, like, literally, if you just remove, if you removed that sequence, the movie would, it, it would not change the film in any way. So, because I know that they they pretty much did that in in the the live action version. There, the cats are still there, but they don't. But I, I think it's not nearly as problematic. Their teeth have changed. They're just random cats now. They're just cats. Yeah, they don't have the same um, caricature about their yeah. design. Yeah, because they're live action. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. I say live action, but it's just it's CG. a cartoon, but it's. CGI. It's set, it's set, yeah, the animals are CGI, but the act, the yes. rest of the film is all uh, live action. Of course, of course. You know, yes. I'm really excited to watch the live action 101 Dalmatians again. We'll get there. If you want to watch cute dogs, watch 101 Dalmatians. But yes, yes, that's much better. But yeah. also because Glenn Close and Glenn Close is great. Glenn Close can never be topped. I am a she's just evil we don't I, i'll get there we'll talk about it later all right goodbye oh, that, everybody that's gonna be that's gonna be crazy because you got 101 dalmatians then you got 102 dalmatians 
Uh, and then I think there's another one that those Probably. are just. I think I there's. Th- I think there's three hundred and one Dalmatian animated films. Three hundred and one Dalmatians. I think so. <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing. Just, and then yeah. there's. Uh, and then there's the one hundred and one Dalmatians live action and one hundred and one Dalmatians two live action. So like, there's five. I think five movies that all revolve around 101 Dalmatians. And then there's the actual TV series that happened, but I'm not going to fucking watch that. Because that's too much. It's too much. It's too much. All right. Well, we'll see you next week with our review of the live action Lady and the Tramp that is sort of live action and sort of not. And stay safe out there, Mouseketeers. Yes. Uh, Catch us on the socials, you know, uh, facebook.com slash discast and Twitter and Instagram at cast underscore diz. Uh, yeah. Talk to us. Bye. Bye.